podcast. My name is John Roebuck and with me is Sex, Lies and Video Blake Curtis <laughs> and Zoe Brockovich-Colden. Yeah. I wanted to be Brockovich. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, you're, well, not, you're just not. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Derek's away. Derek's in America? Don't think so. I think he's in Australia. Yeah. What? Yeah, he said something about yeah, a crocodile crocodiles. and like said something about Australia and I was like, oh yeah. I think that was saying something to Australia from America, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't know. Sorry, Derek, we don't know where where you are. are. (laughs) Uh, Right, well, this episode is... Off to a flyer. This episode is called Retirement Reshmirement. And that's because we'll be talking about Steven Soderbergh's new film, Logan Lucky. Uh, Here's a synopsis for it that I found on Google. West Virginia man... West Virginia family man Jimmy Logan teams up with his one-armed brother Clyde and sister Melly to steal money from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Jimmy also recruits demolition ex- expert Joe Bang to help them break into the track's underground system. Complications arise when a mix-up forces the crew to pull off the heist during a popular NASCAR race while also trying to dodge a relentless FBI agent. I probably should have abridged that before. That's a lot of information. Uh, it was pretty good, though. It summed yeah. up the film. So people know what they uh, were expecting. All right. Cool. Yep. Uh, <laughs> who wants to go first? Blakey, Zoe? Um, you want to go, Zoza? Yep, I'll go. Uh, weak. weak. Slack. Ah. Oh. Clumsy version of Ocean's Eleven that didn't need to happen. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Jeez, That's that what I thought about so it. So you liked con- it. <laughs> yeah. That is condemning. <laughs> I really, I just didn't like it. I found it really uninspiring and oh. quite boring. Oh. And there's a lot of good actors in that, but um, yeah, it's just, it just didn't do anything for me. I'm yeah. interested to hear you say boring because I didn't find it boring. I was certainly uh, interested that it was uh, the movie Steven Spielberg decided to come out of retirement for. Um, Steven Spielberg. Sorry, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Uh, I was putting my phone on airplane mode while I was doing that. <laughs> Uh, because it's just sort of a, it's a pedestrian film and it, you're, you're right. It's a lot like Ocean's 11, 12 and 13, which he made. And, uh, it's difficult to see what coaxed him back into making a film that money. I don't Probably. think it is money. No, nah. I don't think Steven Soderbergh operates like that. Yeah. Um, From what I read, cause the reason he went into retirement is because he doesn't agree with the studio's distribution, the way they do things. Um, they think that the marketing is just ridiculous, that it's too inflated and everyone gets paid too much money. And so he has gone on record about talking about he wanted to create a new sh- a new structure and a new way of doing things that avoids using the studio and using their marketing system. And so he wants to create films under his own un- umbrella and try and do it without all the studio's resources. So that's the reason, as I understand it, why he came out of retirement. I'm really glad you said that because I was trying to, I'd heard something similar and mm. I was trying to um, uh, Google it earlier, but mm. then I started watching a movie. <laughs> so <laughs> he did it with his own resources, this one? Yes, yes. Well, it's right. interesting. Well, it's funny because the other, the other thing that surrounds this film is whether the screenwriter is a real person. I don't know if you guys came oh. across that as well. Yeah, they can't this, find, yeah. uh, Rebecca Blunt is the name of the woman who apparently wrote the script okay. and they think it potentially could be an acronym for um, him or for his wife, um, which I find quite odd because he's yeah. his wife he's, is Jules Asner. Yes, who used to be a E um, personality, you know, E that stupid yeah. show. Sorry, um, and Soderbergh has no been known. To all our yeah, sorry, all the E followers. Yeah. 
and Soderbergh has used acronyms before in the past to be the DP of his own films. Because there's no record of right. Rebecca Blunt. No. The other, uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, the other potential writer uh, or, uh, under Rebecca Blunt's name is rumoured to be John Henson, a comedian. Yeah. He oh, also right. said, but he, uh, um, Soderbergh has gone on the record of saying is it's a woman um, who's from Virginia and she's in the, like, the... Um, uh, journalism kind of background Fil- filmmakers often use pseudonyms though uh when they're um what uh, did i say acronym that's bad yeah uh, that's right oh, <laughs> pseudonym yeah. um when they are um engaging in fields in film that aren't their regular fields like when uh, uh the con brothers edit their movies they, they call themselves roderick jane mm. or there's also I the f- um, cool. famous uh pseudonym uh, yeah I'm, uh, i can't think of it either but it's the most I did famous a whole pseudonym. podcast on it yeah it is uh but essentially what john is talking about alan is alan smithy there it is yeah when when filmmakers well that's sort of uh, something else a little bit, but it's when filmmakers wanted to sew in their films, they used to call it Alan Smithy. And so, and it, June, it bore on this legend where it wasn't yeah. just one filmmaker, it became this thing where it was yeah. like heaps and heaps, and, and it's video, become this big historical games, thing now. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's been sort of di- it's discontinued. But mm. like uh, when you watched back in the 90s, when you watched uh, David Lynch's Dune on television, it came out and was directed by Alan Smithy. Because mm. he hated it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Uh, what were Good you saying stuff. before that? Well, what I was just going to say right now was maybe he needs, you know, the backing of not his own resources behind him to make a strong film mm. because this felt like a kind of weak version of a lot of the other ones that I've seen. But he's uh, definitely, I think, in the past demonstrated a pretty impressive capacity to do a lot from a little. And I think his better films are the ones where he has had limited resources, like Sex, Lies and Videotape. I mean, he's... That's my favourite, Yeah, I mean, yeah, he... um, That was part of the movement in the 90s, uh, like Clerks and Reservoir Dogs. Mm. um, Mm. Who are those other directors? Those... uh, um, Yeah, like, um, oh, the dude who made... Robert Rodriguez's films. Yeah. Who, uh, like... uh, Independent filmmakers who who did it on their own back. But it's a different type of film that you can't make (coughs) this film like you made Sex, Lies and Videotape. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And I know he did a lot of the Oceans. Uh, the reason I don't think he's selling out in terms of uh, getting himself money is because I think the, his bigger films that maybe would make people think that he used to make all the Oceans movies so he could make smaller movies like this. But yeah. what's interesting, yeah. I think, is because I have this theory, which I call the George Lucas theory, is that when he originally made Star Wars, he had um, a lot of people pushing back against that and people didn't think it was going to be a success. So... I think the reason the original Star Wars was so good is because that pressure back and forward meant that he would only fight for things that he wanted to fight for and he wouldn't um, fight for things that he didn't think mattered. So it, under pressure, mm-hmm. it created a diamond. Um, oh, like whereas, uh, Lord like of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, maybe. Yeah. I think the more exactly. confident... Um, well, not Harry Wilson. What's his name? <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, uh, with every uh, Lord of the Rings, I feel it gets weaker because he had these yeah. reshoots yeah. and... He sort of trusted his own instincts more. Exactly. Yeah. The writing and as well. Too and much, and, like, and that's what George... Like, exactly. Too much, yeah. bl- too much smoke up well, your ass. Yeah. Like the Matrix sequels. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I can't mm. say that's true. And so, sure, yeah. I, I, to finish that idea, it's like George Lucas then went on to make the prequels and because everyone was saying, yeah, you're a genius, you're a genius, 
there was just no pressure and he yeah. just kind of slacked off a lot. And self-deprecation can be very good for creativity. I think so. Yeah. I think your theory is apt. I don't think it applies to the prequels. I think that George Lucas has always been a bad director and writer, which is why A New Hope is weaker than The Empire Strikes Back because he didn't write or direct Empire or Jedi. American Graffiti is my retort to that one. I really love American ah, yeah, Graffiti yeah. and I really like THX. So I, I think he actually has it in him. Um, back to the thing. You guys, <laughs> you guys haven't said what you thought of it. I really liked it. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, and I liked it because I like to think about films, or, or this film in particular, in the context of when it was made. Um, and I think the way it was made made reminded me that um, it was a post-world um, financial crisis situation where these were the people that were down on their luck. These were the people who had done nothing wrong, and yet they were the ones getting treated in the dirt while the suits got to live in their castles treated with nothing. Treated in the dirt. Treated in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was an ice struggle didn't come across to me, though. Uh, I did, the, uh, the, theme, I the themes of America were very strong throughout it, and I, 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 it, I, it hit me over the head over and over again. Um, and especially, like, <clears throat> like, they talk about the concept of, like, you know, there's only a handful of stories to be told. I think it's seven or ten. I can't remember off the top of my head but this was a classic Robin Hood story and I thought what was interesting is the original Oceans films that happened pre um, the financial crisis were um, people wanting to get into that elite society and now this was one that these film Logan Lucky wasn't interested in getting into the elite society they were interested in stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and giving it to those who deserved it. Um, and I, but I do agree. I liked it, but I just thought it was a weak, um, hell or high water. I, I feel like it's the exact same hell story. High water. I feel like it's the exact same story. Two guys going against the system, trying to rob the bank and get what they deserve, um, and take the big man down. Um, yeah, and it was just See, a weaker one. To me, hell or high water felt more like a western, whereas this. In fact, I feel like Hello High Water was just a modern western, whereas this is more of a heist movie. This is like I, I can see where you're coming from, especially when you say. It but it's like the same movie. with Robin Hood. Robin Hood is a medieval film, but it's a, that story has just been changed in the genre, and it's just retelling the same story essentially. Oh uh, yeah, I think uh, I can definitely see. I mean, I, know, I can see where you're coming from, but when I watched it, the Ocean Eleven comparison mm. was definitely. Especially when Tatum had to, like, at one point in the film when you weren't sure, if, spoiler alert, if Tatum was going to go back for his brother's arm, that felt like the struggle that um, that uh, the main character, the protagonist, dealt with in Hell or High Water in leaving his brother behind. And so it was like, I was like, is he going to get the arm back or is he going to, like, leave his brother high and dry do you know one problem i had with it is part of the fun of these films is trying to keep up with the plot when you're not privy to all of it like mm. in the sting films like that and this movie when you eventually found out you know everything was going on it felt like just a whole bunch of misdirection to make it seem like it was a lot cleverer than it actually was yeah. and yeah. when you find out the result or not the result or the, you know um uh, the plan and how it was sort of all along, it felt very unsatisfying. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, and it was kind of like you you knew what was going to happen in yeah. a way and they just kind of just danced around it for a while. Yeah, there was da a lot of dancing yeah, around and it. and it wasn't smart in the it end. It wasn't, wasn't yeah. any, and I, it was sort of feigning intelligence. Mm. Um, and uh, and when I'm smarter than a movie, or I think I'm smarter than a movie, then that's not a good sign. Yeah. But, <laughs> did you, but did you see that coming? Did you see that he had dotted every I and crossed every T? Yes, absolutely. Because that's so you never the... doubted him 
going back for his brother's arm or you never doubted the money situation? No, not once because the film, it just wouldn't have done that. And it was doing the same thing that Ocean's Eleven did, just giving like, you know, the final like, ooh, actually <laughs> they've all got money. The film definitely didn't like, establish uh, an expectation of the unexpected. I, um, yeah, never doubted that they'd get away with the money. And when there was the big reveal that he'd sort of crossed all the um, T's and dotted all the I's, I, it was more just like a, hmm, yeah, all right, you know, then a, oh, wow, he's yeah. done, you know, he's pulled off the highs because I always expected him to pull off the highs. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I so, also you, found so you never believed the luck curse then at any point that was throughout the film? I didn't believe the luck curse and I also didn't think that they made that enough of a thing. Yeah. If the whole title is that, and they mention it a bunch of times, but they don't actually show his bad luck at any point. They don't, and then and then at the end where he's like, I thought there was going to be a scene where it was like, oh, is he going to have bad luck or good luck and o- overcomes it or something? And they just didn't even mention it. Mm. He just kind of, I don't know, like got the money and made good decisions and luck didn't <laughs> even come into it. Well, it's interesting because they were saying in the film they say Adam Driver says the curse always happens when things are going well, and in that last scene, spoiler alert. When Hilary Swank is present in the bar, that is the moment when things are going well. So that is the moment where the curse could come into play, which is why it shows the ha- the, the arm on the bar. The it's thing I didn't like about that is that is that's showing like doing the curse thing with the idea that there's going to be a sequel. I would have liked them to just have wrapped up that whole curse thing within the film. Did you get the impression that they were like they were setting it up for a sequel? Or? Oh, absolutely. Oh wow! And I was just—I uh, don't like know. With this whole curse thing, it, the, ne- the film never really enticed me to think about it particularly deeply. So I never really even bothered. Like hmm. it never like uh, with the with the curse subplot, it never engaged me enough to wonder about it enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And there wasn't enough in it that it made it really part of the plot either. So. It was just there and it was neither here nor there. And I think, like, the thing is, Steven, Sp- uh, not Spielberg, Steven Soderbergh could just make these sort of films in his sleep. And he essentially has with Logan Lucky, to me. Mm. It's um, it's just a story that I've seen before, which is fine, told pretty well, which is yeah. also fine. And I like the movie. But from a, a filmmaker who established himself as someone who could really push themselves creatively, I feel like this is a strange return... Which maybe he just uh, it likes making films and it's his right if he wants to make a, you know, at least he hasn't come back and made a pile of shit. Yeah. But it's a strange return to filmmaking. Well, I think... A strangely, a strangely uh, pedestrian return to filmmaking. Well, I think it was a safe bet and I think that's why he did it because as I was saying earlier, he wanted to explore this idea of doing new distribution yeah, in, okay, in a new yeah. way. And that, so I think... It, that makes it a bit more And that's why I thought it was... When I read all of that, I thought it was really interesting because it's essentially these, you know, these hicks sticking it to the man and... There are all these themes that I saw relative to what he was trying to do with the distribution and all the stuff that he's gone on record about saying about how he hates the film industry now, which is the whole reason he retired. And then also I feel like there are a lot of themes about the, the global financial crisis that I was just like, wow, this is really interesting how it's like pointing the finger and, and you know, essentially humanising the people who took advantage well, of the yeah, situation. It's got a beef with how the system works. This is a, certainly a film with... Uh subtext yeah without subtext with or that. with yeah um and it certainly makes a lot more sense if you the way you're putting it it was a safe bet he's made this film before made mm. a slightly different take on it you know it's and it's more an uh, experiment in how to make a film or uh, financially mm. rather than an experiment in how to make a film creatively yeah and i think the people who still go to the movies apart from us 
um, or the, you know when this gets released on DVD are that NASCAR demographic, and you know they're the ones that are seeing Fast and the Furious eight or nine or ten or whatever it is that we're up to, and so like I think he cleverly changed the the um, audience he was going to from slick smooth guys from Ocean's Eleven to hicks who you know care for their family and all down on their luck and deserve their right Mm. to get up and about uh the game of thrones joke was atrocious (laughs) (laughs) i just was cringing i really liked it i'm sorry (laughs) i thought it was good how how long ago did you guys see the movie today today oh Oh. when did you see it we should have gone together where at nova oh i saw it at Vic Gardens. Before at Vic Gardens. <laughs> I saw it like a month ago, so I can, I can barely right. remember it. Huh. Um, Do you remember the Game of Thrones? Yeah, it's the yeah, prison vaguely, guys yeah. and they're like asking the guards for, you know, what they want as ransom. Yeah, that's mm. right. And yeah. they ask for the next oh, Game of Thrones prison book. subplot was, was just silly as well. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot, like, which I guess might have been the point, but gee, a lot of their uh, plan relied on just blind luck. Yeah. Which... Probably was the point you know, and part of the sort of fun. But then again, like I said, part of the fun of these movies is actually trying to stay ahead of the movie and trying to be smart. Yeah. And when the movie, the plot is actually based that much on luck, then it's there's no satisfaction because you're sort of trying to keep up and realising that coincidence is such a huge part of it that it doesn't really matter you know, whether you keep up with it or not. Which bit yeah. did you think was based on luck? Oh, okay. Let me try to just remember this Just them, um, how they, you mean how they got out of the prison. How they got how out they of the got prison and, and, yeah. and the, um, the warden's reaction to not call the people he should have called because he wanted yeah, to... Yeah, the, the warden record. was a loose end. He was he a loose end. It took me ages to figure out who the hell that guy was. He's a uh, singer called Dwight, Dwight Yoakam, I think. And he's the bad, he's that psycho in Panic Room. Have you guys seen Panic Room? Oh, really? No. Yeah, he's like one of the three. There's like Forrest Whitaker, Jared Leto, and that dude. That's Jeez, he really missed out in that three-way, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I think he's famous for other stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, in other ways, he hasn't missed out. All right. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> um, I thought also as well, uh, the characters were a bit underdeveloped to mm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the what Ocean's Eleven did really well was like giving each of the members of the group a sort of cool backstory and like where they come from and stuff and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. Do you know who I did like? Riley Keough. The, uh, yeah, the, the brother. She was awesome. Oh, sister. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, I, it took me ages to figure out who she was. Yeah, she's Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, right. Yeah. But I mean within the oh, film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other yeah I, I thought it was a love interest in I, them. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I knew it was her sister just because I'd read reviews but I also would have thought it was a love interest as mm. well. Yeah, I reckon there but was a missing scene there maybe. Totally, yeah. But yeah. I thought she was really good in it. She was great. And, uh, she was great. She's, was, yeah. she's also in uh, It Comes at Night which is uh, probably my second favourite movie. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Yeah. And save she's awesome for, in that. Save for the Christmas podcast, John. Last Christmas podcast, we got so drunk. I was <laughs> so <laughs> risen out. <laughs> out. <laughs> um, and um, she's also one of the wives in uh, Fury Road. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, awesome. it, I really liked some of the subtleties of the characters. So, like... I know Katie Holmes didn't have a whole lot to do. It's good to see her back in the game. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah. But so like, welcome you know, back, Katie. Even welcome the, back from Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Even the subtlety of, of um, at the start of the film, you know, like she's quite hostile towards Tatum. And then at the very end when you see him coming to pick up the daughter and she's just fairly subtly like, do you want to come in? She's a bit nicer to him. And he and Tatum's character as well, like him being like, "Oh, is Fast and the Furious the right film to show?" and all this kind. Of, there were little moments where I was like, "Geez, there's substance 
in this. I would have, I, but I agree with you. I would have liked it if they had explored that a little bit longer. Whereas, like, m- one of my... Because I'm not big on the ocean films, and one of my issues with it is because is there's 11 of them or 12 of them or 13 of them. There's just oh, too much the film, to the, the cover. people, not the films. I'm not big on the films. <laughs> no, no, I thought you were saying there were 11 or 12 or 13 of the films. Oh. <laughs> right. What would that be? Oceans, Oceans 12, 12. 22? Oceans 23. This is why you listen to this podcast. <laughs> just for maths. <laughs> for our good math skills. Um... Uh, what are we talking about, Logan Lucky? Yeah. What did you think of Zoe? Other elements of the film. Other elements. <laughs> I thought there. <laughs> uh, I I saw it so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cinematography I was not a fan of. I thought um, yeah. it was quite gimmicky, and they were trying to pull off these swift movements, but a lot of the time it just felt like the actors were kind of aware of the camera, or maybe as an audience member you were aware of the camera and. I just thought that all looked a bit okay. cheap and I would have liked it to look a bit cooler. Blakey? Didn't notice the cinematography. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have time yeah. for. <laughs> but like, uh, it's not something I ever look for and I think you do. I think you have an eye for it, you know? I, I, mean, I, that's why I think I do, yeah, 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 probably. But I, and I also, I just, sometimes they just chose to just have this wide shot and I'd just be looking at the extras in the background and they were all looking really kind of aware, self-aware and I don't know, when you're noticing things like that in a film, I it's, just a, bad think sign. it's a bad sign yeah. that maybe the dialogue's not too strong yeah, it's or not whatever. Little bit of trivia. You know, uh, Joe Bang, played by James Bond, Daniel Craig, his two brothers in the film, you know, the two brothers mm-hmm. of yeah. Daniel Craig? Yeah. One of them is Brendan Gleeson's son and Domhnall Gleeson's brother. You know Brendan Gleeson? Yeah. Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Uh, the guard. Gleeson's the guy in... Um, the guard in, in no, Bruges. No, no, Dom Nail Gleeson's in um, Rogue oh. One, Ex Machina. What's his name? Oh, in Dom Star Nail. Wars. Dom Nail. I don't know. It's, pronounced, it's not really weird. He's in Dom Star Wars, Nail. too. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Dom Nail. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was his son and his brother. And Meg the Ryan. other one was Meg Ryan and Je- Dennis Quaid's son. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. The longer hair one. Now oh. you're impressed. Oh. Hottie. Oh, hottie, really? Awesome. Could you tell he was a hottie then? What, in the film? Yeah. Uh, kind of. Or really? Dennis Quaid, do you think's hot? He is hot. Dennis oh, no, Quaid. he's not hot. He's I think Dennis Quaid's hot. Man. Dennis, Quaid. Dennis Quaid's a good-looking man. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Quaid's a good-looking man. How can you not... Harrison Ford. He's oh, kind. I want to smack he's you. Kind. Well, you know, yeah. Is he, he kind? He looks it. <laughs> Dennis Quaid <laughs> looks <laughs> That's what makes him he hot. You heard it here first. Dennis is going to be coming for Zoe. Harrison Ford doesn't need to be kind. He's Harrison Ford. But... As you know, yeah. Anyway, cheap Dennis man's Quaid. Harrison Ford. Dennis Quaid isn't kind in Traffic. He tries to sleep with his mate, sleep with his mate's wife. Traffic so also directed by Steven Soderbergh. Oh my god, so that's a circle of life. <laughs> so Steven Soderbergh came out with a pretty controversial quote recently that got t- taken down by a lot of. Have you bought notes, Zoe? Um, There's a stack no, of them. No, this is all in my head. No, look, this like. <laughs> no, that's my other notes. It says. Um, Filmmaking is like sex. If I accidentally give someone else pleasure, that's fine. What a cock. Ah. Filmmaking's like sex. If I give someone else pleasure, that's fine. By accident. accident. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. Well, I guess it's true. But like, I feel like you can apply that a lot of areas in life, couldn't you? Sense of humor's like sex. You give someone pleasure. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the I don't know why, why did like, he say it? Sex, like, What's do you the want to con- accidentally? Don't isn't that a part of it? What's anyway, the context? He tweeted that, and so Lana Del Rey said in return, 
filmmaking is like sex. Straight men often dramatically overestimate how good they are at both. Mm. <laughs> so did Ray, I don't know who you are, but that's a good one. Did you know that before you went in to the film? Yeah, I saw it last week. Yeah. The quote did, or the, oh, the movie? Did that affect... I saw the quote So you went week. into the movie... Did you have preconceived yeah. notions about Steven Soderbergh's <laughs> yeah. sex life? Yeah. Is that not allowed? No, but I'm just asking whether you had judgments of him based on that. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I mean, of him, but this is this old thing that you guys apparently always talk about is should you should you not like Roman Polanski films because he's a pedophile? Oh, I brought you, you up like, yeah. in our last podcast. Yeah, I know. Podcast. I heard it. I, 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 podcast? I was like the ghost in The Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I was the ghost that I wanted to talk to you, but I couldn't. I was that whole thing because that was the podcast you did, Ghost Story. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, shit, we're going to start wrapping up. Uh, <laughs> top three heist movies, Zoe. Um, mine are Heat. Oh, good one. That film goes for ages, but it's fantastic. <laughs> 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 what a way to start talking about Heat. <laughs> um, Heat's a brilliant film. It's with... Um, Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro and, and that other guy. Uh, What's his name? Val Kilmer and No, the guy Al from The Godfather. Al Pacino. Gee whiz. And Dennis Habert. Yeah. And the chick who was in that show. God, you're really off tonight. Judging Amy? Uh. Anyway, the film just... <laughs> if you're going to watch it, it goes for ages, so. so just keep that in mind. But it builds incredibly well. And... Um, Best shootout, best shootout ever. Best, best ever. shootout in any movie. And like by such a huge margin. You mean the final one or the... No. no, no the one in the middle. The final one's also so shocking and cool. Anyway. Oh. Uh, and the second one is Bonnie and Clyde. Ah, nice. Good shootout as well. Or sort of, they just get yeah. shot at. That was like one that... I watched that in media when I was in year 12. It was one of the first kind of oldie films that I got really into. And then the last one is uh, The Italian Job. With Michael Caine. I've never seen that. Was that your <laughs> half Michael Caine impersonation? Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that film's really, really cool. Though. Is the, it? The new version of it is not good. That's no, terrible. Is the new one terrible? I, yeah. remember, I, I saw all... it when I was in year seven or something. In, in, in contrast there. to like the original. Yeah. They so all the drive original is cool. Mini Coopers. Yeah, it's really sick. Fun. So the, it is cool. It's not just sort of like was cool back in the day and isn't now. Don't nah, it's pretty cool. It's good. Oh. Well, I wasn't around back in the day, so I couldn't. That we know of. Yeah. <laughs> watched it. Um, Blakey, your top three. They were a good top three. They were a good top three. Um, I was umming and ahhing whether The Great Escape counts. It doesn't. Yeah, I didn't think it would. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is kind of a heist movie. Well, like what I feel they like steal? they're oh, they're freedom. They're, they're pulling off a heist. <laughs> then you could say that about Braveheart. They're not escaping a prison. <laughs> they're not a crazy. <laughs> like the the big heist. My second is Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes my truly by three. Um, my first heist movie is Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, mine was uh, Heat as well. Um, yeah, like we said, best shootout. Ever um, in the middle there when Val Kim Val Kim that's the best thing Val Kim has ever done I think um, and at, at the end I really like we studied it at uni as well and it was really cool like working out who you want to side with Al Pacino or De Niro and I, I thought it was just Wait, are we flawless. St- I'm so sorry I'm, this is so rude we're still on your number three yeah I zoned out for about ten seconds yeah you really often though I don't know what's <laughs> been going on um, number two for me uh, no number two for me is Inception um, that is an absolute belter of a high film and i was talking to a friend our friend kit bennett the other day and he reckons he's gotten into uh 
creating lucid dreams so he reckons so it's kind of i was talking about it with the other night so it's like really in the forefront of my brain so i really want to watch it again yeah Mm. i've Um, seen that movie six times at the movies or yeah whoa i was underage in new york with nobody there and that's all i did because you loved you it? it six times. No, I had nothing else to do at night. Oh wow! You saw it six times yeah. in the cinema. Wow! <laughs> What's I've that? Seen Dunkirk, his new film, four times. I think That's he's amazing. the best director alive at the moment in my book, and I've Wait, said so that a lot oh, to yeah, you. Oh yeah, of course, same director. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, and number one is the Sting. I love the Sting. I remember watching it as a kid and just fell in love with the clicking of their shoes as they're running everywhere. Uh, and Robert Red, <laughs> Robert Redford and Paul Newman after they'd done <laughs> Butch. Do you remember that? It's like one of the f- famous things. That's them like, ah, oh, you shot him here. We're going to get away. See? And it's like, and as a kid, I was like, that is so funny, but also pretty full on. that movie. If there's, if there's clicking. There's clicking. There's shoe clicking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It was like, because they did Butch Cassidy with, um, I forget the director's name. George but they, Roy Hill. Yeah, they did that first and then they did The Sting next. And I, it was just... To be a fly on the wall when they made those two films would have been just one of the best times to be around, I reckon. If only we could be insects. <laughs> uh, my top three. Number three is a movie I haven't seen in ages. It's uh, Jules Dassin's, pronouncing that wrong, uh, Rafifi. Uh, haven't seen Rafifi's it about a banger. 17. Uh, number two would be The Killing, Stanley Kubrick. I actually would have chosen Inception, I think, uh, at some point in my top three, but I forgot about it. What I like about Inception is it's uh, a cool way of doing a heist. Yeah, like like the Great Escape. Bit of it. What the whole movie's like? I know that's weird. You saw it eight six times. You saw it eight times (laughs) in New York. Them going under in the dream thing. (laughs) That's like two seconds. Go under. (laughs) There's also the build up and the heist. I feel like she fell asleep. (laughs) The heist goes for like an hour. Yeah, the whole movie's the heist. And I remember that movie getting a lot of backlash when it um, came out. Like People saying, oh, it's not as smart as it thinks it is. It's super and I smart. Don't, well, firstly, I actually don't think it's trying to be smart. I think it's just a really cool way of doing a heist movie. It's yeah. a heist movie with a cool premise. Yeah. but I w- And I think it like just explores what he what believes. What are <laughs> <laughs> uh, My number one is Reservoir Dogs. Anyway, oh. final No thought. clicking. No clicking in Reservoir Dogs. No. Well, maybe when I watch the Sting tonight and I watch, you know, hear the clicking, <laughs> could take. I don't remember the clicking. It's clicking. There's big clicking with their that's shoes. That's what makes the movie good. It's just like one of the many things that I remember. The hallmarks of good cinema. <laughs> I just remember this. I remember the scene where I can't remember if he stabs him or he shoots him, and they're like, "We gotta get out of here." And it's like, tick, 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 tick. I just thought it was you really. You don't funny. remember either he stabs him or shoots him. Or <laughs> the clicking. It's good. Stuck with me. You're off the podcast, mate. Uh, final thoughts on Logan Lucky Zoe. Um, it was a weak film, and <laughs> he just re-quoted what honest, he said at the start. It well, sounds yeah, like it. Final <laughs> thoughts, first thoughts, fun. No, I I really do think it was, and to be honest, I wouldn't spend my money on it. Ooh, the only good thing was harsh. probably Adam Driver. Yeah, Driver's a king. Um, Zoe's wrong. Go to see the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was really funny because when I was reading about. Logan, when I was reading about, like, just reading interviews with Soderbergh, he kept referring to Logan. Like, in the thing was like, oh, so when we shot Logan, and because he didn't say Logan Lucky, I thought, oh, I didn't know Soderbergh was the DP on Logan. Like, <laughs> as in the Logan, Hugh Jackman Logan film. looked like it could have been shot by Soderbergh. That's it's why, yeah. Brownish that's why I was like, whoa. Time. And then I was like, you're an idiot. Like, 
So maybe Zoe's smarter than me and I'm dumb. So if you're dumb, go see Logan Lucky. My final thoughts is I can barely remember it. I saw it four <laughs> weeks ago. Good God, you're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I run the podcast. Now. Uh, oh, I can remember it enough, but I don't think it was that memorable. I, I think it really was um, very average, but I don't mean average isn't bad. I mean average isn't, it's just really like, a middling yeah. film. It's, yeah. it's You'll forget it. Neither here nor it's there. three and a half. Yeah. I was entertained and I forgot about it as soon as I saw it. So you're giving it three and a half? Uh, yeah, but out of five. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. I'd yeah. say <laughs> it, it's a good you know, time killer, but movies shouldn't be time killers. But sometimes and I think three and a half are worse than ones or twos. So yeah, because totally. they're just, what are they? They're yeah. just, yeah. In and number. it's a bad sign when the free hot dogs they gave us before the press screening are more memorable than the film. Mm. <laughs> Like and the clicking. And those hot dogs weren't even that good. <laughs> this has been the Real Good Podcast. <laughs> My name's John Roebuck. Thank you, Zoe. And thanks, Blakey. Thanks, Jozza. We'll be back uh, maybe in a week or so, two weeks or so, when Derek's back from wherever he is. Yeah. Do you know maybe while I'm off, it's because my headphone sound is delayed. Mm. Yeah, that must be it. The big reveal, the twist. See you later, guys. Thank you.